I am the true vine. My Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, he cleanseth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean, cleansed through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell. I'm after your hearts, not your heads, is a refrain often heard by college students in Dr. Mitchell's Bible classes. In his own words, his goal was to help you fall in love with the Savior, and his teachings always tended to fill your mind with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was also a pioneer radio speaker. In his day, there were no tape recorders, so he and his organist had to be at the station five evenings a week. He was heard live every weekday on radio stations in the Northwest. The Unchanging Word is an independent Bible study, but by the grace of God, we can still benefit from the ministry and teaching of Dr. John G. Mitchell. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to The Unchanging Word Bible Study is now in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. In this chapter, after the Lord Jesus and the disciples have left the upper room, they are apparently walking through a vineyard on the way to the garden where he would often go. And here Jesus is speaking of himself as being the true vine and his father being the vine dresser. And he speaks of the relationship of the branches to the vine. And Dr. Mitchell brings out the fact that the theme of this passage is not salvation, but rather fruit-bearing. And there are degrees of fruit-bearing, from simple fruit to more fruit and then much fruit. And all fruit-bearing comes from abiding in Christ, the true vine. Well, let's continue our study here in John chapter 15, verse 1, with our teacher, Dr. Mitchell. Good day, friends. We again... I have great joy in our hearts as we come to you because I believe it's a real honor and privilege for me to communicate to you some of the truths that we have in the Word of God. And I just pray that the Spirit of God will make the Word unusually precious to you today as we again consider the teaching of our Savior to his disciples as we start John chapter 15. In chapter 13, you remember our Lord is teaching his disciples, 13 to 17. He taught them the fact that our Lord had made provision for us now. At the cross, we were bathed, and now he keeps us clean. He's dealing there really with the advocacy of our Savior. Then we had Judas uh, willing to sell his Lord. 
And then you have the new commandment that we love one another. Then in chapter 14, we have four questions and answers, which you've already taken up. Lord, where are you going? I'm going home. We don't know the way. I am the way. Uh, show us the Father. And the, the Father is made known through the Son by his words and by his works. Through his own precious Son, then through the believer. And all the way down through, we've had where the Spirit of God has been teaching us these wonderful truths concerning our Savior. Now we come to chapter 15. And I take it from chapter 15 on. Our Lord has left the upper room. At the end of chapter 14, he said, Arise, let us go hence. And I take it on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. They've gone through some vineyards. And I read these. I'd like to read the first, uh, the first seven verses, if I may. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, he cleanseth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean, cleansed through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. I think I'll just stop right here, the first six verses. As I said a few moments ago, in answering the fourth question in chapter 14, we have the matter of fellowship, intimacy of fellowship through obedience, uh, the, the, the Spirit of God who's going to come to teach us and bring things to our remembrance, and then of a peace which God gives to us. Now, in chapter 14, we see what Christ is doing for us now. All the way through, you notice this. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. Uh, we've, we've received his life. Uh, we're in a place of relationship and fellowship with the Lord. He gives us his peace, takes care of us. So in chapter 14, we've been seeing what Christ is doing for us. In chapter 15, we see what we are to do for him, to bear fruit. Now, the passage has to do with fruit-bearing. And our Lord uses the vine and the branches as a parable to teach fruit-bearing. And may I emphasize this one fact, the theme is not salvation. I'd like to repeat that. The theme is not salvation. The reason I mention that is because there are those who will take this portion of the Word of God and teach salvation, that a person can be saved and a person can be lost. I would suggest to you, he's not even talking about salvation. He's talking about fruit-bearing. Now, you remember way back in the Old Testament, Israel was looked upon as a vine, but an unfruitful vine. When God went to get grapes, behold, he got sour grapes. If you want some scriptures on that, I would suggest the 80th Psalm, Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah 27, Jeremiah chapter 2, 
Ezekiel chapter 15, chapter 19, Hosea chapter 10. I give you these passages because all the way through you have Israel looked upon as a vineyard. In fact, when you come to the New Testament, you have our Lord speaking of the vineyard and of how the husbandman said, let's take these servants and some they abuse, some they killed. He said, I'll send my son. And they said, here comes the heir, let's kill him and the vineyard will be ours. So Israel was looked upon as a vineyard, but an unfruitful vineyard. And the result was they came under the judgment of God. Now, when you come to chapter 15, the Lord is saying, Now, I am the vine, the true one. Jesus Christ is the true vine, the true one. My father is the husbandman, and believers are the branches. Now, Christ is the whole vine, root, stock, branches. And we are in union with him. We who have trusted the Savior and have been joined to the Savior, just as you have it in, in John 14, verse 20. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. This union with the Savior. And it speaks specifically of our union with him. For indeed, he is the source of all spiritual life. We, uh, severed from him, we can do nothing. The branch has no life in itself. It gets its life from the vine. Like uh, Paul could say in Galatians 2.20, I no longer live, but Christ liveth in me. Or in Colossians 3.4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Now, what God wants, what our Savior wants, is fruit. And this fruit is the result of union with the Savior. Now, in the first six verses, we have God's desire for them. And what is that desire? To bear much fruit. I say again, the branch does not produce the fruit. The vine produces the fruit. The branch bears it. For example, in uh, Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, we read the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, self-control. Against such there is no law, see. The Spirit of God produces the fruit. The believer is the channel for the expression of that fruit. Or in this, using this picture here, he bears fruit. Now remember this. The Father does not trust anybody else to take care of the vine. I see it a while ago, Israel failed. It's not going to fail now, for our Savior is the true vine, and we are the branches. Now, let me look at the, at the passage. I am the true vine, my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me, now here's a positive statement, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now it's very obvious that there are some who do not bear fruit. And there are some who bear a little fruit and need to be cleansed so they can bear more fruit. Let's take the first one. Every branch in me 
that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now there are those who take this passion and say, a fruitless branch the Lord takes home in judgment. Now, I'm not going to accept that. It's true, and allow me to say this very frankly, it is true that a believer in Christ can die prematurely. That's very obvious when you read such passages, for example, as Acts chapter 5, Ananiah and Sapphira. They sinned against the Spirit of God, and physical death was their judgment. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, you have a case, a moral case. And Paul says, When you come together with my Spirit and the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such an one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his soul might be saved at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When you come to 2 Corinthians, you remember, uh, when the boy heard the judgment, he repented with a godly sorrow. In 1 John chapter 5, where John speaks of a sin unto death, and I do not say you shall make inquiry concerning it. I think this personally believes, I personally believe this deals with the possibility of physical death, a believer dying prematurely under the chastening hand of God. I'm not denying that, but I question if we have that here. Now, the word, if I may be a little tactical here, the word is iro, which means to raise up, to raise up. Now, if you get the picture, here is the husbandman going through the vineyard, and here is a branch on the ground. It's not bearing fruit. Why isn't it bearing fruit? It's on the ground. Doesn't get the sunshine. Doesn't get the air to it. So what does the husbandman do? He picks the branch up so the sun can shine upon it. In other words, he restores it to the place where it should be for the purpose of bearing fruit. The desire of the Lord is that we bear fruit. And when a Christian is occupied with earthly things, he can't bear fruit. So the husband comes along and he raises us up. He brings us back into fellowship with himself for the purpose of fruit bearing. Now he may use uh, different means of doing this, but he lifts you up and puts you back to the place where you ought to be so the sun can shine upon you, the air gets to you, you're able to bear fruit. Here's the restoration, I believe, to fellowship with the Son of God. When a believer is out of fellowship with God, he is not bearing fruit. There's no manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. But when you come into fellowship with the Savior, then the Spirit of God lives through you and through me and brings forth fruit, as we have it in Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, self-control. But now there's another one here in verse 2. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, he cleanseth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now keep your mind uh, on the first century how they took care of the vineyard. The first one, he raises it up for the purpose of bearing fruit. That's why you have a vine to bear fruit. That's why you have branches to bear fruit. Now here's one bearing some fruit, but not very much. And he examines the, the branch and he finds that there are some uh, infinitesimal bugs there that are sapping out the life of the vine. You see, the first one needs to be raised up. The second one needs to be cleansed. 
parasites will hinder food bearing. So what does he do? He has under his arm a goat skin filled with water, and he squeezes it, and he washes off the parasites that would hinder him bearing much fruit. Now you take a believer. There are many parasites that would come into your life that would rob you of spiritual power, of spiritual fruit. You know, it says over there in uh, Song of Solomon, it's the small foxes that spoil the vines. They nip off the buds. It prevents much fruit bearing. There are things in your life and my life. Things sometimes we just take for granted, little wee things you've done all your life. You just say, well, in a kind of a haphazard way, you say, well, you know, uh, I was made this way. Well, we all know that. We all know that. We've all got some little idiosyncrasies or some things in our lives that are not just what they should be. But they're not great sins, you know, as men call sin. But nevertheless, these are the things that sap out your life. And the word of God is used. The water of the word is used. And the very next statement says, Jesus said, you're cleansed through the word. It's the same word used. He purgeth it is the same word as you're clean. You're cleansed by the washing of water by the word of God. So I said at the very beginning of our lesson today, uh, to get into the word of God, it's a moral cleanser. And the Lord is looking for much fruit. And what hinders that fruit? These little parasites that would come in and sap the life out of you. Now in verse 2, he's dealing with believers. Every branch in me, this is a positive thing, every branch, a definite thing. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he raises it up, brings it back into fellowship for the purpose, for the purpose of fruit bearing. Here's another branch bearing uh, not much fruit. It should bear more fruit. And when he investigates, he finds that some parasites there that are sapping out, stopping much fruit. So it is with you and me. Some of us, some have to be restored back to fellowship. If I'm talking to you, my friend, and you're out of fellowship with the Savior, sin has come between. It may not be some so-called great sin. You know, I was thinking of that in Romans chapter 13. Uh, from 11 to the end of the passage. I think it's about verse 13 of that passage where uh, we're to put off uh, the, the things that dishonor him, not not live in a life of rioting and drunkenness, that's outbroken sin, not in chambering or wantonness, that's secret sins, sins of the flesh, and not in envy and strife, sins of the heart. Look at the bedfellows. Envy and strife is put in with chambering and wantonness. Envy and strife is put in with rioting and drunkenness. It's these little things in there that people don't see, that bitter spirit, uh, that, that judging of others, that lack of love for the people of God. See, friend, these are the things that sap out your spiritual life. Jealousy, envy, strife, these are the things that sap out spiritual life. An unfruitful branch is a dishonor to him. You know that. Uh, a life that is not producing or not bearing fruit of the Spirit of God is a dishonor to the Savior. Oh, how many Christians are dishonoring him. Once in a while they get a shot in the arm in some meeting, but two or three days they're back where they were before. And their life 
it's life that is lived for self, always for self, getting on in the world, materialistic philosophy of life. Uh, you've got to make your own way in the world. You've got to blow your own trumpet. All these things of the flesh prevent spiritual fruit. And so we have to be lifted up, brought into fellowship. We have to have these uh, these infinitesimal little bugs that sap out our spiritual life, washed away by the Word of God. And you're clean through the Word. Now let's go to the third verse. Fourth verse. Abide in me and I in thee. He is the requisite for much fruit. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. The secret of fruit bearing is abiding, to stay in him. It's impossible for the branch, I say, to produce the, to produce the fruit. The vine supplies the life and the power. All the branch needs to do is to abide. The vine does the rest. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We're helpless apart from him. And he tends the weakest branch. None is allowed to go to waste. Could I say, stick close to me. Cling to me. Severed from me, you can do nothing. This is what he's talking about. Fruit bearing depends upon union with him. And bearing much fruit depends upon the believer abiding. Now, if I were to take you to the first epistle of John, chapter 3, the last verse, I find that to abide is to obey. Again, we come right back to it, don't we? Obedience to the word of God is the key of discipleship. It's the key of fruit bearing. It's the key of a life that will glorify God. Without me, you can do nothing. Now, by way of contrast, look at the sixth verse. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Why does it wither? It's not in the vine. It's a spurious thing. And by the word in verse 2, every branch in me is positive. In verse 6, it's the indefinite pronoun, if anybody abides not in me. He's cast forth, he looks like a branch, he's a spurious branch. And he's withered. Men gather them, cast them into fire, they are burned. Personally, I'm of the persuasion the spurious branches are a picture here of empty profession. Empty profession, no life. In contrast in verse 2, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he raiseth it up. Real believer in the vine. He's saved, but he's not producing, he's not bearing, pardon me, he's not bearing fruit. And as you are lifted up and brought into fellowship with God, you bear fruit. And then he cleanses you, you bear much fruit. Then he makes it very clear that as we abide in him, we bring forth much fruit. Fruit bearing is dependent upon abiding. That is, that's the intimacy of fellowship. This has to do with obedience. Oh, how the Lord wants you and me to bear much fruit, as we shall go on and see, for example, in verse 8, 
Here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. I'm going to leave you there for the present. In our next lesson, we'll follow along on fruit bearing and some wonderful things right on down through chapter 16, verse 4. Fruit bearing from 15.1 to 16.4. Read it and reread it and reread it. And see how the Lord works in these wonderful, wonderful truths of the believer in his relationship to the Savior. I'm persuaded in my own heart, many of us believers are not beginning to scratch the surface of a life in Christ, of a life in Christ. Remember that the Lord wants you to be so in touch with him, in such fellowship with him, that you'll bear much fruit, much fruit. And fruit bearing is a sign of discipleship. Should I be speaking to an unsaved person, friend, unless you're in the Savior, you have no life at all. And Jesus Christ came that they might have life and you might have it abundantly. He just wants you to accept him, put your trust in him and pass from death to life. And the Lord bless you today for his name's sake. listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.